You and I'm, I are so gross, Melody. We're gross. We're gross. <laughs> I'm Melody Carlisle. And I'm Sabrina Bradley. And this is Heaving Bosoms. This is the podcast where best friends recap romance novels and other kissing media that makes us swoon, snark, and refills our cups. Whether you've read the book or are coming in blind, we'll lay bare every delicious scene and revel in the tropes and subgenres that make romance amazing. All right, listener, strap in and strap on. Headphones are highly recommended. Hey, Sabrina. Hello. <laughs> it feels like I haven't spoken to you in so long when really it's only been like four days. And no, seriously. Clear, we have texted on and off since then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really today I was like, I know we're talking tonight, but I wonder if I could just ask her for a meeting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are we codependent? We might be a little bit codependent. It's fine. <laughs> fine. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, Listener, Sabrina's been teasing me for only like 30 minutes. It hasn't been very long, but it feels like a really long time about uh-huh. something that she needs to tell me live. Can yep. you please, mm-hmm. please, please make that happen now? So I had a listener reach out to me. Okay. Love that. To say that they have, in fact, tongue-fucked a cleavage. <gasps> Tell me everything! That They're like, usually I keep this shit a little private, <gasps> but also, like, it felt apropos because <laughs> you Please. asked specifically. We solicited this. Yes, yes we did! We are very we interested. Like, oh, man, yeah, and so that that was that. They, they <gasps> tongue-fucked. Tongue fucked a cleavage, which apparently That's is exciting. A, a a good decision if a person has particularly sensitive boobs. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Okay, okay. So it was for their partner's gratification in addition to their own. Yeah, and so like, okay, it might make sense why. Like, I've just never considered it because, like, when you got honkers, they're not exactly sure super sensitive. So like, it just wouldn't cross my mind as like, oh yeah, that's a thing that would be pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Ooh! Yeah. I love so, this. Just to go along with the lady love of last week where I'm like, yes, I love hearing from listeners. Great example. Great Thank example. You. Thank you for answering our call, listener. Yeah, I know. That was so nice of you. <laughs> I know. And like, I was like, wait, can I talk about this on pod as long as yeah. I keep it anonymous? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Nice. Just keep it anonymous. And I was like, yes! Because yes. otherwise yeah. I was uh, otherwise I wouldn't have teased you with it. I would have just immediately messaged yeah. you and been like, Melody! Yeah. <laughs> Listener <sighs> has shown us the truth. 
Yes. I'm yes. all about it. I know. <laughs> Me too. Especially also, like yeah go ahead bonkers solicited things like uh, we're not mm-hmm. kidding when we say that we want to know yes yes the couple of times somebody has reached out to tell me a different iteration of an orgasm fart or like a cunnilingus fart i have been very thankful and interested it's this yes. is science y'all uh-huh okay yes this is heaving bosom science in action <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, also, since we last spoke, I did read The Heiress and the Orc. <sighs> and one of my favorite things about those Grisk Orcs is that apparently they have, like, notoriously large penis holes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they like when a when a person, you know, puts their tongue in there as far as they can and like tongue fucks their dick a little bit. It's not just you must have forgotten because it's also in the maiden the orcs. It's not just the grisk, it's the Calder too or the sky Bal- too because Draftly likes it. Yeah, because Baldur's <gasps> like, fuck yeah, stick your tongue up in there, look it all up good. And Draftly's yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, this feels pretty good. You gotta seek for your seed, everyone, okay? <laughs> Yeah, I finally, speaking of which, I was at that climactic, I remember the last time we recorded, I was like, I'm at the climactic fucking scene Mm -hmm. of Made in the Orcs, and I had to pause for this, and Mm -hmm. I did, however, then I had company for fucking three and a half days. Which was wonderful, but also. It was fabulous, I had an (gasps) incredible weekend for a billion different reasons, but seriously, I did not finish the Made in the Orcs. It's a travesty. It's a goddamn travesty. yesterday. And so, like, I just sat. Oh, it was awful. But also. But that shows you just how great your weekend was. Sabrina, the most prolific reader I have ever met in my entire life, didn't finish a book because company. What? Yeah. That's incredible. I'm so happy for you. I don't remember the last time I didn't finish yeah, because I didn't yeah. finish any books this weekend. Yeah. Usually even with company, I'll like read in bed and in the morning. Right. But like it was just nonstop. Like by the time I was going to bed, I was just too fucking tired because we I'm grandma. <laughs> I go to bed at like I am mm-hmm. in bed usually at like 9.15 at night. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't going. I didn't go to bed before 4 a.m. once this weekend. Incredible. Wow. 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 <laughs> You're I'm like still a teenager. Recovering. Oh my I'm God. still recovering three nights later. <laughs> so I watched Bachelor in Paradise, and um, mm-hmm. one of the most astounding things to me is that, like, there's a 32-year-old on there, and they have to stay up, like, all fucking night a lot of times when they're filming. And I'm just like, I don't know how you're a person, let this alone. This is the only reason I can't be on The Bachelor. There we go. Obviously, it's the only reason. like, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. It's not, it's not your penchant for polyamory. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sabrina seducing all of her housemates. <laughs> Honestly, that's how that season would go. <laughs> yes, that happened in Japan. Once. Honestly, that's the bachelor we deserve. Yes, agreed. Yeah, no, I'm all about the friendships in the house as well. But like, I would be so super here for some romances in the house. And Mm -hmm. uh, I would love it. Anyway, okay. Sabrina, we have people who have decided to support us on Patreon. And we have to tell them hello. Mm -hmm. Ooh, 
hello. Oh, hey. <laughs> so we yeah. have some brand new patrons. Hell we yeah. Hello to Brenna R and Minth. Olivia G and Caitlin B or Catlin. Uh oh. I've always said Caitlin. Okay, I think so too, but I'm just, just mm-hmm. uh, I, I like Catlin as well. So, you know, okay, mm-hmm. go, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Emily H.W. and Kemi K. And Stephanie K. Those are all the new ones. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for supporting us. So happy to have you. Yeah, it's. I'm so happy to have you. And I hope you are loving the metric fuck ton of content that we're putting on it's there. Because <laughs> we're we've kind of turned into monsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we've got some people who have supported us for a long time. So I want to say a huge thank you and a virtual hug to Katarina E and Carly J. Julia L. and Dorothy. Clay C. and Jesse V. And then last but definitely not least, Andrea. and Andrea. Andrea? Ooh, either T. way. Very pretty. All of the above. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, thank you. And I hope I hope you saw my sneaky little inclusion at the end of the November reading list. I don't know. Check it out. There's a pinned post at the top of the Patreon where you get to see something that's kind of insane (laughs) that's coming up at the first week of December. Sabrina, you're on the podcast. You know about it. (laughs) What pinned post are you talking about? The one where I say what's coming up in November. On that one, like the graphic includes one thing that's happening starting in December. Yeah, yeah. you, You know about it. Oh, I even yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, you've been at the meetings, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm good I, with it. <laughs> yeah. <Dingus. laughs> uh-huh. I think I did in fact come up with what the final name for it was. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Mm, just gonna pat mm-hmm. myself on the back a little bit. That's exactly right. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. We we have a wow. book. I'm ready to talk about Thanksgiving now, though. And mm-hmm. uh, wow, we have a Thanksgiving book. And we, we did go back to our Thanksgiving roots and choose an inspirational one of those. I'm... There was not enough triplets, to be frank. Exactly. <laughs> um... No, there wasn't enough triplets. There wasn't enough ill-advised hikes through the Alaskan wilderness. There wasn't there wasn't enough burnt applesauce for my liking, you know, or kidnapping, frankly. There wasn't leftover. Like, I, I feel like I did myself a disservice by reading a bonkers Thanksgiving book before reading this, you know? Yes. Yes. So, listener, we decided to do an inspirational one for the podcast because that is one of my favorite things to do. But then Mm -hmm. as a reward, we did a super bonkers one on Patreon. And because of like our time crunch, we could only fit the bonkers one in first. And then because I needed more time to read this frantically. So, yeah, we did do the bonkers one first. This one was bonkers in other ways, though. This book, I... There were a couple of times where I was just simply left speechless. Speechless. Absolutely. In this book. I don't know how that's going to translate on podcast, but boy, are we going to do our best. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I, 
So we Let's got, just jump right in. Yeah, we got Allison. Like, <laughs> and later on, we're going to have Jake. Okay. Allison is a fancy lady from a high oh, rise yeah. in Chicago. We hard hit that like <laughs> holiday stereotype of like big business lady from the yes. city goes to small yes. town and falls in love and finds the real meaning of gratitude. Thanksgiving. And love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, she's a business lady who does lots of money stuff. She's a finance gal. She is stated to be a trust fund manager. There we go. Which, when I think of a trust fund, <laughs> I think of. Willy trust Nilly. fund baby yeah but, um, <laughs> no she handles like big big fancy investment type things absolutely and she's real good I at it i don't know why i'm explaining this when we learned last week in the <laughs> right? veterans day episode that i don't know shit about money except that you exchange it for goods and services uh-huh. yep, yep, <laughs> yep 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 so she's back home in like uh, Harriet Springs. I don't remember what the fuck this Ohio town is called. It oh, doesn't matter. I have no idea. No idea. It does start with an H, I feel like, though. And she's back because that is her grandmother's stomping grounds. Her grandmother has kicked the bucket. And so she's here to, like, get the house ready for sale, mm-hmm. which is something that I feel like a big fancy finance lady it's the exact opposite of how she would handle this <laughs> well, like she would be like, yeah i feel like she would be like i have the money to hire every handyman available well not so when you do in fact have a pretty bad alcoholism problem <laughs> and so you are trying to step away from your current life after rehab yeah. to get a break essentially yeah. Because we learned very quickly that she is... She's a recovering alcoholic, and she's pretty fresh out of it. We find out toward the end of the book that she's been sober for seven months. A.K.A. the time that she's been in this small town. Is that true? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's been in this town for seven months. I think what happened is she... So I I cannot confirm this. I could not confirm this in the book, or maybe I just didn't read it close enough. But I think what happened is she essentially had her whole... Well, she's taking a sabbatical from work. Yes. Wait, hang on. I'm doing not math math in my head. I'm doing day math. Give me three seconds. Oh, God. That's even worse than money math, honestly. (laughs) Especially backwards. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this book is taking place in November. And the incident that led her to go to a detox center, what happened around Easter, and that's seven months apart. So she literally, totally so like, right. I don't think that her grandmother just died. I think that she'd been kind of putting the house off. And then oh. after coming back from detox, she was like, okay, I need to take, take just get unplug out of the from city everything for a little while and I'll go handle grandma's house on my own. So I think yeah, that she what's needed happening. to like abandon all of her triggers. And that makes total sense mm-hmm. to me if you have yeah, you know, the ability. Well, so essentially, like, what we end up learning, listener, just for context, and, like, big trigger warning on this one in the sense that, like, if you have a substance abuse problem of any kind, like, there isn't any, uh, like, I will say that there are close calls when it comes to um, falling off the wagon, but also, like, it never actually happens. Right. If that's a trigger for you. Yeah, if substance use disorder is too much. This isn't going to be the episode for you. Right. Because it comes up a lot in this book. 
Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I feel like this book was heavier than every other inspirational. So heavy, book we've read. Like, it's pretty what the heavy. Fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's going to be a trigger warning for substance use disorder, mention of historical suicide. You know, death of grandma. We already mentioned uh, death of wife because he's a widower. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. In childbirth. Um, and, oh God. Oh my God. And in, of course uh, the post childbirth. Like, that trauma is going to be coming up pretty frequently in this book because he does have three kids, okay? And like, does he have three or does he have eleven? You know what I mean? <laughs> I okay, so I am not somebody who has a problem with kids in a book, okay? Yeah, I don't mind a kid in a book, but my God, this was a lot of fucking kid in book. At one point, I was like, "Can we get like one scene without the children?" No, that like, three-year-old was a main ass character. <laughs> My God. And then his 15-year-old sister, we got literal scenes in her head. I was like, yeah. oh boy, okay, here we go. Yeah, we got little sister POV, banana Mm -hmm. town. Okay, so anyway, she's in town doing this thing, and she's sort of like been keeping to herself. And then Mm -hmm. across the way is a working farm that also has sort of a general store. store. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm where they, like, make a bunch of goods from the stuff that they produce. It's very homey and kitschy and adorable. Mm-hmm. And there's a hot man who lives there. She has recognized Jake that. Jake Walters. Jake Walters is the one, exactly. And his three children, Michael, Libby, and Julia. Yes, and his little sister, who is 15, Jenny. 19 years younger than him, which, like... I can identify. That's with relatable that. content for mm-hmm. me and and you, yeah. yeah, yeah, for both of us. So okay, it's Halloween, all right, and she's stoked about it because she's dressed up in a witch's costume. She sewed it herself. That comes back later that she's yeah. a little whiz with a sewing machine. You're a genius, yeah, absolutely. And Jenny comes up with these three kids. Do you remember why there were rats on the boy? <laughs> Yes. So his costume, I, do not. I don't remember what his, co- what who he was exactly, but it was That's some kind I'm of asking. comic book superhero oh. who lives in the sewers of New York City <laughs> and controls the rats. So, and also oh, yeah. this character does eat people. So like his outfit, he's oh got like fake blood all over his shirt. Hell and yeah, these rats Mikey. And like. Mikey's just living his best feral little 10-year-old boy life. Truly, yeah. And so something happens. The One of the rats go, goes flying. And then as they're about to go pick it up, something just dive bombs out of a tree mm-hmm. and goes after this fake rat. Then they go over. By uh, the way, pause. This is when we really find out anything about the fact like we know that jake walters is widowed but we do get a whole yeah. scene where she's being introduced to the children they came over oh my and God. introduced themselves and julia straight looks mm-hmm. at her with her three and a half year old face mm-hmm. looks dead into allison's eyes and mm-hmm. says my mama's dead she went to heaven when i was born <laughs> and i was like oh <laughs> okay okay here we go okay honey okay <laughs> Oh, boy. I've had small children say things to me like that, and I never know what to say. Because, like, the dark humor side of me wants to, like, 
joke with that, but I'm like, this is a child. This is not a joke. Because, no, like, I if know. I said some shit like that, then, like, dark humor with me, right? Like, we're being a little dark humorous, right? Yeah, but, like, a three-year-old absolutely. says that, and you're just like, oh, this is all of the context that you have for this, and you don't really know what's <laughs> happening. Yeah, yeah. I like, and felt on the one so hand, bad for Allison. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I felt like she was comfortable enough with it because, A, she already knew the story, but, B, yeah. One of the things I liked about, well, no, I'm going to take that back completely and just nix it from what I was going to say out loud. What I like about that is that it shows they've been processing with her since she yes. was born. And that's mm-hmm. fucking rad. Like yeah, making it, helping her contextualize it at different developmental stages is just such good parenting. And it made me really happy. Anyway. Maybe as a not parent. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. don't know no, how to handle totally. three and a half year old coming totally. and saying that to me. Like, I understand. <laughs> now that you put context on it, chef's kiss. Love that. <laughs> I never know what to do. No, I know. But I Small mean, children I feel like are it's... so blunt. I do love that, though. Truly. Like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, so it turns out this thing that dive bomb, going back to the rat, um, it was yes. a little baby owl who really sucks at being an owl. And like, bing, boom, bong, owl danger with Melody. This is a little known fact. There is a silent killer in the world, <laughs> and it is owls. <laughs> Boss? There are actually a non-zero amount of owl attacks that happen every single year where owls live. (laughs) And cause death? Sometimes, yeah, because the lacerations are so serious. Not usually, right? (laughs) Well, any hoodles. Uh, So this little baby, also like bird shit with like bing, boom, bong, bird knowledge. Don't pick Mm -hmm. up, pick up a baby bird. Don't pick up. Yeah. That baby bird is dead to its family now. Like, mm-hmm. and so what they brilliantly did is they pick up this baby bird. She goes and finds a decrepit old ladder. She finds a ladder that is not fit for decor. Okay. You could not put this thing in like a, a cracker you cannot barrel. Ha- you cannot wall. hang your quilts off of this. No. Ladder. Absolutely not. So they do, in fact, go lean it against the tree and then bing, boom, bong, ladder mm-hmm. safety with Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Have somebody hold the bottom of your ladder, you lunatic. She goes <laughs> up this ladder holding this baby bird. And yeah. that, like, to be clear, dead to its family, dead to its no, family fully, now because you dead. touched it. And then they just put this like, sorry excuse for an owl just <laughs> on a branch. And as she's and like falling, barely. yeah. As she's falling, and lo and behold, luckily Jake shows up at the bottom of the ladder. As the entire he, ladder just tries crumples to, to dust. It, yeah, yeah, it crumbles. Yep. And then she goes down. He sort of catches her, and then turns his body so that he doesn't like hit the kids or something like that. Question mark or like the ladder doesn't hit and them. Also to like soften her fall a little bit. 
And, and like this is how we learn that he is not a paranormal Navy that's SEAL right. boy because that's he right. does in fact not only break a rib but cracks two <laughs> others. And I'm like, that's the most fucking real. I don't think I've yes. ever seen somebody get hurt in a romance novel because with somebody a, with fell like a on top ball. of them like that. Yeah. And like I'm glad that this happened. I'm glad Sabrina. he's hurt. The representation in this book was inspiring. Okay. <laughs> That's the inspirational part. <laughs> but like, I was fully expecting him to be like, yes. oh yeah, just brush it off. Cause like, he's talked about like this big, hot, burly farmer man. And like, yeah. Am I wrong? In another, in a different book, he gets out unscathed. Absolutely. Not a scratch on him. Okay, and like also we should tell listener that she is very, very obviously described as incredibly slender. So like, you know, that's not the representation that is inspiring. But like the fact that a not giant person injured a giant person Mm -hmm. because of gravity makes fucking sense, everyone. Yeah, I do. I do love that big burly jake though did in fact when he realized she was falling did holler at everybody surrounding him move your butt (laughs) move your butt (laughs) and i was like i think i love this absolutely absolutely (laughs) so they are like we have to get you to the hospital immediately he's obviously being like am man don't need no and so finally she's like i will drive everyone Let's get everybody mm-hmm. in the car. Yeah, because Jenny's go just a little too young to overnight. God knows how he long he's going to be. It's a whole thing. And so they all shuttle there together. Meanwhile, yeah. these poor traumatized children. Well, and like for the past while, I don't super remember how long. And it's honestly not important. But the reason that Jenny's with him is because his parents are in Florida because heart surgery yeah. for her dad or something. His dad... And well, so, no, I think it's a vacation after his heart surgery so yeah. that he stays relaxed, which is right, the opposite so that he doesn't of what farm. Papa Walters does That's right. after yeah. his heart surgery. <laughs> Definitely. So she's been with Jake and the kids for a while, and it's even more than normal when normally, since his wife Beth died, Jenny's like really stepped up a ton. She's a, she's a parentified child. Yeah. Like... She basically, because Beth died when um, when the youngest was three days old. And mm-hmm. so Jenny, Jenny was 12. Yeah. And Jenny just stepped right up and yeah. basically took over the mom role yep. in the family. Yeah. So they go to the hospital and the physician is like, you're staying here overnight at a minimum. And he's like, mm-hmm. I can't do that. To-. And Jenny's like, I've been doing this since I was 12. Like, we're good. I'll just take them home. No problem. And he's like, it's too much responsibility. Before this. Oh, yeah. I have a question for you. Hmm. Was it just completely out of nowhere, that whole social worker scene with the, like, or, like, the abused wife and the children getting taken away? Did that I, ever come back? I, I like... wiped that from my memory because the book wiped it from its memory. <laughs> okay, cool. Because, like, 
I read that and I took a ton of notes on that scene because I thought it was going to be really important later. Like, yeah, such a big deal was made about this. And it's like, yeah, it's like the author. <laughs> it's like the author trauma dumped on us really early. And then I couldn't figure out why. You know what I mean? Like, the only thing I could come up with was maybe this was the proof or like this was an example of how a small town, like everyone knows everything. That's the mm. only thing I could think of. But there's so many other ways that that could have been handled. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, there's so many ways it was handled in the version of the book where I wiped that from my memory. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, OK, well, I couldn't wipe that from my memory. I so. support you. Sorry yeah. that I brought it back. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I'm really glad you did, because that's fascinating that I could just like <laughs> erase. OK, so. Anyway, Allison says, I will stay with the kids and like Jenny can obviously do it. But if we need an adult around, I can be the adult who is there. Well, and the entire and... time her internal monologue is oh, like, God. I really hope I don't kill these kids because I'm a drunk. And I was She's like shitting bricks this whole time. At one point when the physician looks at her later, she's like, can the doctor see that I have no confidence and I like can't handle my life and I might maim a child out of nowhere because of my habits? And I'm just like, I'm just oh my God, lady. Dirty, dirty alcoholic. And it's like, yeah. oh my God, Allison, you have been like, I understand. I understand. No, I, I know, know alcoholics. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it. But also- You've been doing really well. Like, right. you haven't touched a drink in seven months. No, like, and know, she's working like, the program. She's, she, you know, really committed. She has a, a worry rock that she keeps in her pocket. Her sober stone. Her sober stone. Yeah, I really liked that. She found it, like, at the Michigan Lake when she was, like, right. coming to terms with some stuff. And so now it's what she, like, keeps in her pocket and rubs on when she's feeling stressed. It. Yeah. Okay, so then... Jenny is not impressed with this whole situation because she's 15. She's been an adult since she was 12. She can handle this. And what the fuck does this lady think she's coming in to, like, run her house and take care of her kids? <laughs> like, this is weird. Mm -hmm. She's still really nice to Allison. And, like, the littlest one, especially Julia, is totally head over heels Love for Allison. Allison. We also yeah. have seen in Jake's head at this point that he oh is not over Beth. He is no. like still deep. He's like, I will never love again. I will never be into any, like I will never Can ever I anything again. A passage. Sure. So he talks about how she died and he's conjuring up memories of Beth's presence and stuff. And then it says he didn't want to move on. But it seemed that he had no choice. His own body had started betraying him in the past few months. And as much as he hated to admit it, more often than not, those feelings of lust had been triggered by the sight of Allison Martin in shorts and a crop top, mowing the lawn or painting the porch trim. <laughs> Melody, you would like, I don't I know, know we, we have can the have a brain. podcast together. <laughs> Because we highlight all the same shit. We have the wit that we are. <laughs> yeah. Christ. I literally was looking at that line when I was talking about it. <laughs> it just made me so happy. Like his own body was the calls coming from inside the house. He's thinking to himself. <laughs> oh, my God. 
So, so after a couple of days or like one night, maybe he finally convinces the doctor to let him go home. And so he's in his room. She's staying in the guest bedroom, which is re- another red herring, man. Cause like it was made so clear that all of the bedrooms were on the second floor of the house, yes. except for the guest bedroom she's staying in yeah. and his master bedroom. And I was like, this has so much opportunity right here. And then just. Nothing. Why would she say it out loud if she wasn't going to make use of it? Yeah. God damn it. And then basically Allison dopes him up real good and yeah. makes him go to bed. And then we do get Jenny's point of view, which is when we find about out about her edgy, kind of shitty senior jock boyfriend. boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's trying to pressure her to truck. try pot and drink beer. And she's yes. like, I don't want any of that. And... Wow, I saw myself in Jenny so much mm-hmm. in this moment. Literally, the quote is, if he'd just quit pressuring her to try pot and drink beer, he'd be just about perfect. She <laughs> wanted him to like her as much as she liked him. And I was like, ow, yep. fuck. Okay. Yep. Yep. That sounds the like part, high school. The part that I uh, most glommed onto was he was the cutest boy in senior class and he liked her Plain old Jenny Walters. My note that I wrote down for this was literally, you could not pay me enough money to go back to high school and date again. Never. Absolutely not. The Cullens are insane. Oh, God. I'm so sorry, everyone. By the time this comes out, we will have had our Eclipse watch party. (laughs) Guess what came in the mail today? (gasps) Did your shirt come? Did your shirt come? Did your shirt come? My sweater came in. I haven't Thank seen it yet. I didn't go me. by the I didn't go by the post office to pick it up, but it is here. I got the email. Oh my god! That's For so reference, listener, exciting. um, the watch party crew, we have indeed <laughs> gotten semi matching sweaters. Um, I think I might be the only outlier. I think you might be because uh, did you but do the shirt? This is the skin of so a killer, Bella. It, this is the ass of a killer, Bella. <laughs> you got the you got the ass one. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> Meanwhile, the only person I know for sure that got an one as well as HB Teresa, who we got matching sweaters where it says, Bella, where have you been, Loka? And it's mm-hmm. Jacob Black howling at the moon. I think I'm probably also going to get that one. <gasps> really? So, yeah, I think I'm really going all out. I think I'm being a monster. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Okay, well, we'll be sure to post pictures and things like that. We will. Oh, God. We will. Are you kidding me? I'm going to have a picture in the fucking cult tomorrow after I go by the post office. Like, I know. I know. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. Where are we? Yeah, so all of these things. Oh, at some point, I didn't... So, like, when he's, like, passing out on her, he does reach up and, like, touch her face and, and he calls her an angel. This, uh-huh. And she can't sleep because of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's about it. Yeah, she can't handle her whole life. She is like, all she can think about is that that brush of his fingers. So then the next day, Allison does go over to the general store and we meet Stella, who is basically the general store manager. And Stella's she a, just a gem. is the most persnicketiest just wonderfulest older lady. I uh-huh. honestly, I want her and Tom's romance novel. I want their book so bad. Than 
anything anybody else's. I read in this book. There were times in this entire book, though, where I was like, because, by the way, you'll be so proud of me, Melody. This is book 25. No fucking way. I did not read 1 through 24, and you should oh be God. proud of me. All by the same author, or is it one of those Harlequin oh, inspirational? I don't look that hard. I don't look that hard. I, look that hard. I, okay. I Melody, to be clear, I could not look that hard. No, you couldn't. Otherwise, I would have read them. Listener, um, I have been trying to figure out a system in which I can keep <laughs> the number <laughs> of a book in a series that like knowledge away from Sabrina <laughs> so that she doesn't sucks have for to Melody. I'm the one in charge of lording over our list of five star wrecks. It's true. And I do put that information in there now that we do books for Patreon, like entire yep. series is for Patreon. I yep. do in fact have to know mm-hmm. how many books there are in a series. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, listener, actually, did you know that we're still doing the five star review oh, yeah. bribe? Did yeah, you we're know still that? like hard on that. Yeah, we're hard on it. And like the the list is not as long. Like yeah. we, we've been motoring through it. We have ever been. since I started putting like at least three on each reading list. We've been each motoring through list. it. Mm-hmm. But um we got we got a review on Thursday. Do you want to hear yeah? what it says? It's really yes. cute. It says, Thank you for the Akatar emotional support. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> cute yeah so anyway reviews make my whole day wherever you're listening i would love for you to leave a five-star review and then if you do you can either put the book you want us to do an episode on in the review or you can just email us and tell us i did a review here's the book i want you to do either way it'll get put on the list Mm -hmm. so you know love a review and it helps the podcast grow and not to tell you how to hack the system or anything, but I okay. will tell you that if you do share, like, if it's a diverse book that is oh, on God. your five-star review, it is 1,000% going to be on the list way sooner than any way other. Way sooner. Yeah. The list is cis, it is het, and it is white. <laughs> Predominantly. <Yes. laughs> so, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any hoodles. So we meet Stella and and Melody's already let the cat out of the bag. Uh, Tom, one of the other locals, is obsessed with Stella and is desperately wanting to... He wants to marry her. her. To marry him. But she's like, no more farmers because she has a tragic fucking backstory tragic, too. Uh, trigger warning for historical suicide. Her husband, years and years ago, died by suicide after they like... Like, lost, lost his family farm, basically. Because he was a terrible business person. Yeah. And she's like, I just can't risk that again. Plus, she says that she wants to, like, go see the world. So mm-hmm. those two things are her barriers to entry as far as a marriage to Tom, Tom is concerned. Meanwhile, Tom's just like, but I'm good businessman. Love business. Tom does. <laughs> good at business. Yeah. I make lots of money. I'll take you around the world, Stella. Sure. And I was like, Stella, why are you still holding out? Like, Stella. Come on, man. He's offering you the world and the D, you know? Yes. And the snuggles. You know Tom's a good hugger. I bet Tom also knows how to treat a lady in bed. <laughs> you know what? I bet just just from the way he treats his wild turkeys, I know that he's so good. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Can I tell you, Melody, that I literally can't look at a turkey in a book the same way anymore? <laughs> After stuffed by the word turkey. Like, the minute it was like, Tom has were turkeys, I was like... No, Tom doesn't have were turkeys, Sabrina. He has wild turkeys. Oh, did I that just say were turkey? I meant to say... Just Tom and his wear turkey. Honestly, I like that fanfic, though. Stella doesn't know what she's getting into. <laughs> that is so upsetting in so many ways. Oh, man. Yeah, Tom's going to give her his meat. So, moving yeah. on. Yeah, so Jake's doing, like, the typical, like, man in the 90s thing. Actually, just yeah. general man thing in a romance novel where he's like, I'm fine. And it's like, no, you're under doctor's orders to still Go to be bed. taking care of yourself. And yeah. he does, in fact, not want to do that. So he's being a little shit. And it's great because all of the neighbors are coming together to harvest his cornfields. And she's like, hey, bro, you really need to go to bed. And he's like, definitely not doing that. And then Tom's like, I would listen to the lady. She's pretty smart. He's not even wearing his sling. He literally oh just God. has his thumb hooked that... through his belt loop. Like the most Thank fucking you. farmer shit I've ever heard in my life. I have to actually read you that line because it was incredible. Um, <laughs> I know says... what part. I have that highlighted okay. too. Okay, <laughs> please say it out loud. As he started down the steps, she noticed he wasn't using the sling he'd been told to wear, but instead had hooked his left thumb through the belt loop of his jeans, providing little support for anything except his ego. And I was like, fuck yes, Allison. Yep. Because, like, he's not feeling well. This bitch is, like, he's still broken. He might get pneumonia. It's cold enough outside. Like, dude, the last thing you need is fluid in your lungs on top of everything else. Like, we already Absolutely. almost punctured your fucking lung. Go inside, dude. Lay down. Otherwise, I'm going to drug you into a coma again. My God. Exactly. Exactly. So she tries to get him to do that. He snaps at her real, real bad. And she sort of cowers about it. And then mm -hmm. he's like, all right, fine. I'll go inside or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then... Later that evening, like, she went and helped the kids, like, do dinner or something like that. And then she had to leave. It was too awkward. And so she had to get her stuff and go back to her house for a little while because it was just so weird Yeah, she was, like, Jake. cleaning up some more stuff in the house. And by the way, it's very clear, listener, that she does not want to go back to her big corporate job, right? Like, no. she She's like, I don't know how this beautiful mirror in my grandma's house is going to fit in my super cold, modern, sad, lonely, <laughs> miserable, fancy, expensive white apartment. But don't worry, the one place that I can find a lick of happiness and all of the misery of my entire life that led me to alcoholism mm -hmm. is in fact in my bedroom where I've made it a warm, cozy sanctuary. So instead of staying... In my grandmother's house, which is full of that, which is Instead really where I want to be. In this house, where I want to be, I'm gonna, in fact, go back to the saddest existence known to mm -hmm. humanity. Mm -hmm. the, the saddest, cold, most sterile existence. Place where, like, all I do is eat a bougie microwave dinner for holidays because yeah. nobody cares, and I don't have yeah. anybody left. All of my family's gone and dead, and I'm sad. <laughs> really, it's like that. I'm so, not kidding. Let's no. show like this. Like to be I clear, wish that like, was that's, honestly that was... hyperbole. Okay, so like to be clear, like that was just me riffing. That the <laughs> but that's the whole book. If you boiled the book and her, oh, you and I have been on a kick, Melody. We're like What's we've up? been reading the last like I feel like the last like 
couple of books that we've read for pod like yeah. these people hate their lives yeah like they hate their entire existence yeah. and all of the choices that have led them to like what have we done to like how do i know we right stack the books like this i don't know no but to to be like perfectly crystal clear listener what she said was not verbatim but the vibes were immaculate <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, oh, God, I didn't even have to plan it. I just no. thought to myself, how would I describe Allison and her You just existence? channeled book, really, is what you did. It was like you were a Quaker at a meeting, a book standing whisperer. up to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, anyway. You were speaking in tongues just now. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so then she gets a call from Jenny and Jenny's uh-huh. like, this is the first time she's ever asked Allison for help because she's be- been very, like, cold to her and, like, get out of my house kind of situation, but in, mm-hmm. like, very passive-aggressive teenage girl kind of ways. So she calls Allison, and Allison can hear, like, the cacophony in the background. And Jenny's like, so, um, Julia's asking for you, and, like, she won't go to bed, And so Allison's like, okay, let me, I guess I'll talk to her or whatever. And then by the time she's done with Julia, Jenny's like, no, 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 don't, don't go outside. Oh no. Oh no. Jake is on his way out to you. He's not wearing a coat because he won't let me help to get it on. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. I'm coming to you. So she meets him on the road and she's like, go back inside you absolute menace. Like, what are you doing? Truly, this is a menace of a man. Yeah. And so. She says, hold on, I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, she fucking she, calls him out. And like, th- this was incredible. He says, I'm not used to like being on the receiving end of my neighbor's charity. And she says, no, that's not what it was. And it says his head came up. What are you saying? And she goes, it wasn't because you were on the receiving end of your neighbor's charity. You would have done the same for them. Like, you know, that's how it works around here. You realize today that I'm not just some kind of nuisance trying to interfere with your life, that I'm something more. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. And then he goes, I'm not sure what you mean. By the way, this feels out of left field, listeners. It is. So, like, there's no, there has been no. It's been no progression. I'm gonna bring this up. I'm gonna ever. bring this up multiple times in this yes. book, by the way. Because like that's my biggest issue with this book. Is, is it the romance just like slaps you across I the don't... face every once in a while? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, God. God. So, so then, then of course she goes, Julia no, pops. Wait, oh. wait, no, not yet, not yet. Because she goes out there in the parking lot in front of your friends and neighbors, you realized you had a living, breathing woman staying in your house. A woman who wasn't your wife, who wasn't Beth, she finished in a rush. And he goes, you don't pull any punches, do you? She says, I'm only speaking truth. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah. What? This was bananas. So then Julia comes outside in like just a, a tiny... A nightgown and, and her nightgown feet. hopping up and down. Daddy, daddy, come what the get fuck? me. I saw you from the window. And he's like, well, okay, I have to go take care of her, but like, please stay. And like, she's like, I don't think that's wise. And he's like, for the kid's sake. Uh-huh. Not mine. I yes. mean, I'm not up to taking care of them alone yet. Oh, and I'm my like, God. Let's just use the kids as a 
a, a little bit of a guilt trip here. Let's do it. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the next, then it's the next thing. So the next morning, Julia does come in and very rudely awaken Allison. <laughs> and I was like, really afraid this was going to be handled differently. And ooh. I was going to have to go on a How huge tirade about parenting small children. How did you think it was going to get handled? I thought she was going to try to turn it into a cute thing. This was not cute. This was not okay. This was absolutely, you get a big time out for this nonsense. Well, yeah, because it was like, even once he was in there, like she she was being a three-year-old is what she was doing. Like a three-year-old who needs connect, not connection. Well, probably connection, but also like correction. Yes. And so they do have like. She's just screaming in in Allison's face. I want cereal. Get me cereal. Yeah, and by the way, hasn't she already eaten at this point? Yeah. Yeah. She just wants so, second breakfast. You yeah. know, it's fine. But one thing that we have not mentioned, Allison is desperate to be a mother, but she does not trust herself to be a mother because of her alcohol problem. This comes up yeah. over and over and over and over. Should we again. just tell do you want to just tell them the origin story, like the precipitating event? Yeah, that doesn't this doesn't have to be in order in the book. So essentially right. what happened, it was Easter around like April, March or April. And she was hosed at a family thing. And she does, in fact, pick up her niece, I think, or like yeah. a little baby family member and is like, we're going to the park. And then walking to the park, she stumbles drunkenly and falls to the ground. And luckily, nobody died a grisly, murderous death. Okay. <laughs> they don't immediately the kid didn't end up with road rash. on impact. Like, <laughs> thank God. Because she made such, like, and I get that. This was her wake-up call. Frankly, she needed a wake-up call. But, like, yes. she makes it sound like somebody was holding a gun to the child's head if she did not fucking go. Like, boy, yeah, howdy. Yeah, I mean, I get that. But also, like, You're, I feel this like, doesn't I feel like she said she... ever be a parent. You know what I mean? Like, this doesn't mean that you can't ever have a family. You can't ever... But I get it. She's at the point where she hasn't forgiven herself, right? And, like, that's a no. big big thing well and i mean i think so she describes it where like i think there was like a curb really close to them like it wasn't just like a fall on the grass i feel like and it was on the sidewalk but yeah it's not like a catastrophic fall but it's something Mm -hmm. that she has not been it was her wake-up call it was her rock bottom she says yeah and like she is terrified of hurting someone especially a child a child if she ever falls off the wagon so that's like her main conflict in the book Okay, so this is also when we find out that her dad's a deadbeat and she did not grow yeah. up with a good parental figure, really. This is one of the things that super pissed me off, actually. Oh, great. Yeah. Yep. Tell me about super it. Super duper pissed me off. It says, ah, it couldn't be easy for a man alone to raise three children. Harder even, she suspected than being a single mom. Why, ma'am? Yeah, that what also What the fuck is the sh- that? Yeah. Is he still mm-hmm. one person trying to raise three kids? Yeah. There's nothing fucking magical about doing so with a vagina. dad instead of the mom. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that? There's a lot of gender essentialism in this book in general. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, there was. There was. I kind of come to expect in a book in the 90s, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, I came to it with an open mind and a wary heart because of the time frame. Yeah. And because of her baggage. Like, she didn't know her dad at all, I guess. Mm -hmm. And And then also on top of this. so Wait, I'm so sorry. I have to read one more line that just 
tickled me so hard. Okay. Because it says she had barely known her own father. He'd left her nothing but an empty place in her heart where a father's love should be and a genetic inability to tolerate alcohol. <laughs> it's like, wow, dude. That is the exact line. No. That, yes. What the fuck? You and I really just mind melded on this book, I think. Jeez. But yeah, and this is also, so we find a lot about her backstory in general. So this is when mm. we find out that, like I said earlier, she hates her life. She hates her corporate job. She hates all of this. Well, she also had a fiance or like a boyfriend. A married. No, married. Oh, yeah, husband. you're right. They were married. Yeah. Um, they mm-hmm. were married. And so by her 30th birthday, the date she'd set in her heart to start a family, she'd found herself divorced and alone and drinking heavily. So yeah. like- that was kind of what kicked it off was her marriage ending because like right. she has some serious trauma surrounding the ending of that marriage. Like, well, it definitely compounded her daddy issues. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, wowza. Mm-hmm. So anyway, now you know her history, right? Her history with alcohol, yeah. her history with the detox and rehab program, her history with her father, her history, some of her history with her husband. It, uh, frankly, it doesn't really matter except for the fact that it really kickstarted her drinking problem. Yeah. But now we start the um, part of the book in which Allison judges everyone with absolutely no qualification to do so. God. Yeah. So when she... The first time is after this, like, kerfuffle with Julia demanding cereal. He handles it perfectly. He's mm-hmm. like, Julia came to apologize. And, like, I saw... Valor Chen in that, like, don't want to. Like, I'm not going to apologize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, she has to. But then after that, she's like, you know, she really needs more stimulation. Have you ever? She needs preschool. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, like, taking her preschool? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. You think this single dad farmer hasn't thought about taking his kid to preschool? What are you talking about? And so, well, then this we was... find out why he's never sent her to preschool, and it's because it was Beth's dream to be a stay-at-home full-time mom, and so letting her go to preschool means letting go of that dream. And like, I don't mean to be callous because grief works in really, really weird yeah. ways, mm-hmm. but this felt melodramatic as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like that's not your reality, dude. And what she doesn't realize, I think. Is that most of the time his mom is around to help with childcare during yeah. the day? That has been their way of going around this, and that has worked mm-hmm. very well. Now, she might be right that this three year old could benefit from some exterior enrichment, but like, I, I loved him though, because he was like, Oh, have you been a, an expert on children your whole life? Like, have you just been a child savant? And she's like, no, but it's not hard to see that, like, you know, she needs some time with children her own age or whatever. (sighs) Between this and, like, the snide comments she makes in her inner monologue about how Jenny is, like, keeping him back from getting over his wife (laughs) shit, I was just like, lady, you need to focus on yourself. (laughs) Ma'am. Ma'am. Yeah. I feel like you're projecting a little bit. Yeah. Allison. You think? mm. (laughs) Incredible. So anyway, I feel like the next thing that happens is that Jenny needs to go go dress shopping. This is when Jenny apparently decides to let her inner slut flag fly. 
Oh my God, what a slutty bear. And everybody got issues with it. What a slutty little slut pants. Uh huh. So she's 15. She's going to her first dance and she's basically like part of the harvest court question mark. It doesn't matter. But she was next runner up. Somebody got grounded. And so this is her moment. (laughs) She gets to Mm -hmm. step into the spotlight. But she is deeply insecure about the fact that she's the runner up. Yeah. She needs to show everybody that she deserves this spot. She's like, I got to get a, just a knockdown, drag out dress. Like, I need to scorch mm-hmm. their eyeballs out is basically what she says. And she wants to do this because she has to impress Aaron, her senior almost boyfriend who keeps on being like, why are you such a square? Like, you might not what be able prude. to hang out with my friends if you're such a prude. Yeah. So they go to this boutique that is going out of business. And they're like, oh, my God, look, it's the dress. And it's like a 90s sheath dress and it's black satin and it's got red sparkles on it. Sequins, I feel Mm -hmm. like. And it's it's like real low cut, but um, but straight on the on the top, you know, with a spaghetti strap situation happening. Mm -hmm. And it's real short. And it's real short. okay, And it looks like she's got legs for days. Mm-hmm. And Allison is trying, she's trying to like help f- without frankly, this alienating. Was, th- this was the right thing for Allison. She's not Jenny's yeah. mom. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the right, like Allison was like, are you sure you want to buy that dress? And Jenny mm-hmm. was like, yes, and yes, and yes. And so Allison mm-hmm. was like, okay, well, if you're sure. And so fuck it, let her get it. Because like. To be clear, Allison is none of these children's mother. No. Okay? And, and I then... love the fact that she wasn't, like, sanctimonious about it. And then, yeah. like, the thing that pissed me off is that when she inevitably shows Jake and Jake, like, uh, fucking hits the roof. Are you ready for this? When yeah. Jake tells her you shouldn't have let her buy it? Yep. Yep. Jake. And I'm like, Jake, I feel like you should have put some parameters on what she could buy. But guess you gave what? her 150 bones yeah. and didn't give her any guidelines. Mm. Yeah. If this is your fault, sir. And then don't worry. This does this this is supposed to be okay, so we are getting I'm about to get a little heated because this is more fucking Ooh. getting into some shit that really pissed me off throughout this Ooh, yeah. book. Ooh. Okay, so he's like, Jenny's my sister. And she's like, Jenny's a woman. And he's like, she's still just a girl. Mm -hmm. And she's like, not in this day and age. And then they like argue some more. And he's like, I'm going to go like fuss at her and blah, blah, blah. And she says, Jake, please, you're handling this all wrong. I think I can. And then before he fucking he fucking interrupts her by grabbing (gasps) her. This was bananas. And his hands shoot out and wrap around her upper arms. And he says, this is the second time today you've lectured me about my relationship with my family. And then he fusses some more and he's be- he's holding on to her. He's and yelling like- in her face. Yeah. And he's like, I try to handle it. I try to get through one. And he's again, of course, he's like, and my wife's dead. Did you know that my wife he is dead? snapped. And he's like, I try to handle it. I try to get through one damned day after the other. It's hard damned hard but it's living and it sure as hell beats the alternative you wouldn't know anything about that would you miss high and mighty stock market wizard wow bro and he's saying i'm gonna need you to take 18 steps back because he's 
hovering over her, this massive mountain of a dude. And he's got his hands on on her arms. Boy. And this is, again, he does it. He fucking acts like a big old riotous asshole. And then he says, I'm sorry. That's twice today I've taken out my bad temper on you. It must be the damned pain pills. Which, like, yeah. Like, especially, like, shit like that, it'll fuck you up, like, right sure. up. But guess what? That's when you take yourself out of the fucking situation. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. an excuse. No. Especially, like, if this is the second time today, clearly you're feeling volatile. Go to bed. Go lay down. Yep. Put yourself in timeout, buddy. I had yep. a big fucking issue. Like, I was so... Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I was vibrating during this section. And, like... At this point, I didn't know how he was going to come back from it. You know what I mean? Does he? I mean... Does he? Okay, fine. Actually, you know what, Melody? We're hopping right into this for right now. We're I'm skipping, skipping ahead. Oh, look at her listener. Um, I'm oh my sorry. God. She's, so, she's on fire. When the fuck yeah. am I supposed to have believed? Because yep. not long after this, mm-hmm. she's talking about how she has fallen madly in love with him. Yeah. And he starts to realize he's fallen madly in love with her. You know, the text says that out loud. <laughs> When am I supposed to believe that this happened? Was it in between her judging his parenting and Mm -hmm. his way he handles grief and him Mm -hmm. shouting at her and like belittling her? like And treating her like a nuisance? Match made in heaven. Truly. Yeah. I I hear you. But also at the same time, relying on her to take care of his family. Like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, that was my biggest issue with the the romance in this book in general is that we got a lot of exposition about how sexy they thought each other was, but there wasn't a ton of actual connection or chemistry that I saw happen. None. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, actually, you know what? No, hang on. If we split the book into 60% and then the, you like you like cut the book at like, I don't actually have a percentage, but like you cut the book at that point and then add in like another 15 chapters of them like slowly coming together. Mm-hmm. I could see. I think that they just cut out maybe 15 chapters of the middle. I think Harlequin was happened. like, you have a word limit. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so they took out the word. So they just took out the worst possible. They just part took out the, the romance. Out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, she's like, I think I can fix this with my singer sewing machine. And Jenny is dubious, but she takes off those trashy sequins, okay, and gets some white organdy ruffles. It's kind of like the equivalent of like, like in a historical wearing those super low cut bodices and then having the like, not chemise, but like your underdress, like your little up shawl over the top boy to cover the top of your boobs, like that piece of fabric. But that it's you literally, literally like two in. strips. It says, "Yeah, I didn't read too closely the exact no, I, description because mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna make up this dress in my head because it sounds what you're describing sounds a little ugly. So I'm gonna go ahead and make it pretty in my brain. I will. To be to be fair, it does sound '90s, you know. Yeah. So at least there's that. But Jenny feels like a million goddamn dollars in it. Yeah, Everybody no, says it's she super looks amazing. Great. It makes me super happy. This is what really like gets her to bond with Allison. Honestly, the romance between Allison and Jenny was more palpable. The friendship romance between those two was more palpable than the actual. Oh my fucking god! Don't even get me started a on romance. Jenny and Allison's friendship, though. We're oh. fucking getting there in the later part of this book. Oh, I'm excited. Boy, howdy. Isn't the next important thing that they go to the dance? Because no, they almost kiss. 
because Ooh, his lips, right. her lips are soft and moist. And this is after they've shown the fancy, beautiful dress. And he put his so hand behind her. her head, twining her, fi- twining his fingers in her hair, holding her still. He mm-hmm. wanted to kiss her, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Don't do that, bud. <laughs> don't." Do yeah. That. Oh, and then of course, don't worry. Um, she feels now that it's necessary for her to remind him that his wife is dead because apparently he's forgotten. Cause she's like, no, you don't want to kiss me. You want to mm-hmm. kiss Beth. And it's like, I I need, I need y'all to make a decision. Either it's not a problem that Beth is dead or it's a huge fucking problem that Beth is dead. Well, like, and I think, I think like the attempt was she needs him to prove to her that he likes her and isn't just trying to replace Beth. But that doesn't really come across very well because it just makes her sound more judgy in a different way. So she's been like, you know, Jenny's like, I loved Beth like a sister. And so, of course, I'm going to take care of her kids as if they're my own. That's how I'm memorializing her. And that's when her inner monologue is like, and keeping his loss achingly close to him so that he can't move on, Jenny. But then she's like, you don't want to kiss me. You want to kiss Beth. And I'm like, to be clear, they I did don't... kiss. It was like a little lip on lip. Like it was yeah. just a little smooch, right? Because this is what causes yeah. her to not be able to avoid the truth. And the truth is that she's falling in love with Jake <laughs> Walters. And I'm like, why? No, totally. Well, why? because we haven't seen, we haven't been shown anything that he particularly likes about her as a human being. So she obviously hasn't seen that. And then we also haven't seen any reason that, like, he's getting over Beth now. You know? Because, yeah. like, if if he started the book being like, I lost my wife and it was terrible, but I feel like I'm finally at the place where Mm -hmm. I can see a future without her, right? That would be one thing. But his body is betraying him every time he gets a boner for the lady across the street. And, like, that's a hard thing to do a 180 from in Mm -hmm. 60 pages. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of 60 pages, we got a fucking motor. We got a motor. And we can. (laughs) I think we can. Yeah. So... Then he asks her to go to the dance with dance. her as like a co-chaperone date. And she's like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. At the dance where Jenny looks incredible and Sam, her freshman escort, like mm-hmm. really thinks she's looking good. Plus Aaron has danced two slow I dances. I Sam and Jenny so much Same. harder than I shipped Allison and Jake an entire Same. time in this. And we saw them on page. They got mentioned like maybe three three times in the entire book. And there wasn't a single bit of dialogue between them. No. Mm-hmm. Nope. They were just mentioned in passing. So then they dance and Jenny is dancing with Aaron at that point. And so she's already getting a little bit weirded out by the fact that they're dancing. And like, she didn't really love that he asked her to the dance in general. Cause she's just like, I'm still so loyal to Beth that this is fucking weird for me. But then Aaron, because he's an absolute douche nozzle, is like, don't you know what's going on with that lady? And she's like, no, nothing. She's just like a lady who lives in town right now from Chicago. And he's like, no, she's a drunk. By the way, before this. Yeah. She does almost fall off the wagon. 
that is something that's important that comes up. Yeah. Um, because she, and this is the closest that she's come in seven months to falling off the wagon, mm-hmm. but she's super stressed because there's a whole thing where Julie almost electrocuted herself with some defective Christmas lights. That's now. And yeah. Everything ended up being okay. But mm-hmm. like, understandable. That would freak the shit out of me. Like, electrocution is no joke. No. And so she had noticed the very first time she was at Jake's house that he had a half open bottle of white wine in the fridge. Yeah. And so like it's been referenced a couple of times up until now, but this night she does pour a glass and she's like, it's over the sink. And then he does come up and he's like, Oh, a glass of wine sounds great. It startles her so much that she, she just drops it and it shatters in the sink. And he says, Oh, hold on. I'll pour you another one. And she says, no, 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 I can't because I'm allergic to wine. It's dumb Mm -hmm. of me to even think about it. He's like, it's probably turned. I'm not really an alcohol drinker anyway. And then they make coffee instead. Well, and when Julia has this incident where she almost gets electrocuted, Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't believe this. This is why I can never be a mother. This would have never happened if Beth was here. And he's like, no, this happens to every parent just you know, at mm-hmm. different levels and different incidents. Like, Mikey fell off of a playground structure or whatever when Beth was with mm-hmm. him. Like, there were four other adults Which here, too. True. Like, yeah, kids do shit. And mm-hmm. sometimes it ends tragically. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, so that was just an important scene where he's it like... It was, it was. It happens. Like, nobody's To everyone... Parent. You cannot keep... No matter how sober you are. Yeah. Like... Like, shit's just going to happen sometimes. Yeah. And so then at the dance, now Jenny knows that she is a recovering alcoholic. And, well, yeah, no, because so she doesn't know that. She just knows that she's a drunk. So, but she, yeah. and so she does think to herself, she's like, well, she's never seemed drunk. And, well, and she's also thinking, like, I thought we were friends. And this would be an important thing to know about a friend. And,. <sighs> If she hasn't shared this with me, then, like, maybe our relationship isn't what I think it is. I would also like... So this is... You just touched on the thing that really pisses me off. Yeah. About adultifying a child. Yeah. Jenny is 15 fucking years old. The fact that, one, Jenny, you are not entitled to know that shit about somebody unless they share it with you. Mm -hmm. Two, you have a 17-year age gap. Mm Mm-hmm. This is not your friend. This is an adult. Like, I'm glad that you seem to have this, like, trusting relationship with Allison. But also, like, that's not your fucking friend. She's not going to talk to you like she's going to talk to her adult friends. You are a child, Jenny. Well, that's why I But the problem is that she's been adultified. As far as she's concerned, which, frankly, as far as the rest of the world is concerned, Jenny's a fucking adult. She's been Mm -hmm. being a parent for four years. Yeah. What I meant to say earlier, but just didn't get to, is during that section where he, like, right before he yells at her, Mm -hmm. I had a huge issue with her telling him she's a woman. And then him saying she's a child and her going, not in this day and age. Like, no, don't do that. Don't don't do that to kids. But like, I'm sorry. Stop doing that to girl children. Don't. Don't put that on Jenny. You're not going to say that 15-year-old boy's a man. No. Absolutely not. And, like, when she said that, I was like, nope, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I feel like she's going to try to do, like, I'm the cool mom, I'm the friend thing. And 
you know, Allison well, she doesn't really. Did give, she did. She didn't mean to, but that's the impression that she gave Jenny. Otherwise, Jenny wouldn't be so fucking. There's just like the communication between all of the characters in this book is just like. No, because you're right. It made total sense from Jenny's perspective. Yeah. Why she felt that way. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, you know, when she said she's a woman, I was like, what the fuck are Gross. you saying? You should know more than anybody that a 15-year-old girl is still a child. Uh-huh. Jesus. Like, yeah. sure, young adult, whatever, but, like, that's totally different. Like, ah, it grossed me out. Anyway, so then when they go home, Allison notices that Jenny is, uh, like, weird with her. And, well, oh, no, I'm so sorry. No. Her, they go home. So Jenny's coming home a little late from like her curfew's a little later because of the party or like the dance and all of that. And so he, Jake, does take her home, and they are getting ready. They are planning to go to Pound Town. Are like, they? they? Oh yeah, because he he's like we have an hour alone, and like they go into the bar and they're making out. Like they're oh, ready to go to Pound. I'm so Pound sorry. Town. When you said Jake, I heard Jenny and Aaron. Because I'm so oh. sorry. When <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, did I skip a chapter? No. <laughs> um, no, but when they were dancing and, like, when the reason he tells her that this Allison lady is a drunk is because she's like, have you been drinking again? And he's like, yeah, but it's no big deal. It's just, like, cinnamon schnapps. It's no no problem. And, like, we're getting the picture that, like, this high schooler Has does have an alcohol drinking. problem. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's on the cusp of a substance use disorder situation. Mm-hmm. And... So he's trying to, like, this is his defense, is, like, you like that lady, and she's a drunk. My uncle saw her at AA. Also, fuck you, uncle. That is not how fucking AA works. You monster. The whole point of AA is that it's fucking anon. Like, yeah, my not God. okay. Made me so <laughs> mad. Yeah. But then, so they're, like, you know, making out in the barn, and then his parents get home unexpectedly. And so and now the parents are home. Come on. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they stomp all over their sexy time. And she's like, oh, good. This is exactly the wake-up call I needed. Because she's been trying to keep her distance, and it's becoming impossible because he's just so magnetic and whatever, allegedly. <laughs> then we see a bunch of, like, family time getting ready for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We see them do, like, an Ohio... kind yeah. of relating him to alcohol. She's starting to feel like oh, she God, yeah. needs him as much as she needed alcohol. And I was like, honey, girl. Well, and that's one of the reasons Oof. that part of the, like, the 12-step program is don't get in a romantic relationship in the first mm-hmm. year because there's a good chance you can just substitute one addiction for another. Yeah. And an mm-hmm. ad- addiction can totally be a person. Yeah, so, it absolutely can. Like, And mm-hmm. I also... I didn't understand until towards now in the book why she was so dead set on going back to her life. And the reason I still can't understand it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Fuck. Yeah. She's basically her reason, listener, is that she needs to prove to herself that she can go to the shitty life that she hates that led her to drink in the first place and basically raw dog it Mm -hmm. without alcohol to prove that she's a worthy human. And like Yes, that is a mentality that, like, I understand where it's coming from, but also, like, my God, girl, like, you don't have to do that, though. Yeah, it made no sense to me because she's also coming to the realization that she doesn't want that life at all anymore. 
So, like, there's no reason for you to face those triggers. Yeah, but, like, also, like, to be clear, it is not a weakness to take yourself out of a situation that makes you want to turn to poor coping mechanisms. Yeah. Like, it is not bad to leave that if, like, it's not a weakness. Right. That's okay, especially if you don't want to be there anymore in the first place. Like, girl. Well, that's my thing. Like, she's doing what she needs to do on a lot of different levels for healing. Mm-hmm. But then she's still mired in this mentality of, like, I need to do this thing I couldn't do, even though I don't even want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it just made no goddamn sense to me. So the next important thing that happens is Allison is walking over to his house and mm-hmm. Jenny calls to her from behind a tree and it turns out Jenny is drunk on wine coolers. And this is right after he asks her to like go on an away vacation with him. Mm-hmm. For a night so that they can be alone. And she's decided that she's going to tell him on their away alone vacation mm-hmm. about her alcohol problem. Yes. Well, so she is helping Jenny and she's like, you really need to tell your parents. And then she finds out that Aaron is driving around blitzed. Yep. Because he kicked her out of the car. Well, no. She was like, let me the fuck out. Yes. And then he just. But then he like. Fine. He like drove away in a a rage. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And so she walked home in the freezing cold. Yeah. Like, it's a bad situation. And this is the first time she's ever succumbed to the peer pressure. pressure. And she's had like two wine coolers and she's vomiting in the grass. And it's Mm adorable. She's sobbing and vomiting. And it's adorable. And she's like, I don't know why I did this in the first place. I very vividly remember the first time I got drunk and, like, this tracks. Mm -hmm. And Allison handles this really well. She's like, I really think that you you should tell your parents. I do not think that they will overreact in any way. And then she finds out about Aaron, and she's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Hold the phone. This is a hard limit. Like, we cannot let this boy drive around drunk. Like, he could kill someone or himself. You're not going to help me with this. Then I will just call the police on my own. And Jenny's Mm -hmm. like, but he could. I love this. She's like, he could be kicked off the basketball team. And yeah, someone could die. Yeah. Come on, darling. (laughs) Yeah. So Jenny and Allison do go back over to tell her parents. And Allison's like, I will be there for you. We'll get this figured out. And then Aaron. So they all come out to the lawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the parents and Jake come out to the lawn. Aaron drives up in his truck to be like, truck. I've been looking for you and you like hid in a ditch. She's like, no, you dingbat. And then a cop shows up. A local cop shows up because somebody called in because somebody's swerving all around yeah. the road and acting dangerous on the road and things like that. So Jake and everybody else are like trying to handle it without the police because they want to give this kid like one chance and they think... That they know their parents enough to be like, you need to get him actual help or Mm -hmm. we're going to turn him into the cops. And the cop decides to handle it that way as well. But in all of that, Julia's outside for no reason. Everybody's yelling at each other because they're so mad that, you know, he got Jenny into this mess. This is also when Aaron hollers out loud in front of everybody about how much of a drunk Allison is. Oh, my God, that's right. He does a big defense mechanism. That's how we find out. Yeah. He says, like, I can't believe you're the one who's saying, like, all this shit to me. You're a drunk. And then they're like, Allison, is that true? And she's like, well, yes. 
And she was really mm-hmm. hoping to, like, tell him at a bed and breakfast after they had had sex for the first time, you know? One thing I did really <laughs> love about this book, though, is that it is stated multiple times that she is not ashamed of this. No. I love that. Like, that is so important. Because, like, any substance abuse problem, shame almost always comes with that. You know what I mean? Like, and shame is one of the most dangerous things about it because then the person hides it even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so, like, she huge. doesn't feel shame about this. Like, it's uncomfortable, yeah, and she doesn't want to yeah. just tell anybody. But, like, she's not ashamed. She's like, yeah, that is true. I haven't drank since, like, I haven't drank for seven months mm-hmm. uh, and blah, 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 blah. And then Aaron does get his knickers in a twist and decide to try and run away, jumps in the car. Julia... Julia, the three-and-a-half-year-old. Runs toward her dad, and, like, the car's coming right at her, and so Allison grabs her out of the road and, like, saves her. Aaron gets out and is freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then, yeah, that's kind of the end of that. So... They So she thinks, like, they hate me now because I put this little girl in danger. Meanwhile, they're like, you saved her life. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. And then Jake and the cop are like, all right, we're taking Aaron to his parents. That's going to be our first stop to be like, you're going to get him into a rehab or a counseling situation or, or something. Or we're going to take this higher and he'll have, like, no chance at his scholarships, like, He won't have a chance Mm -hmm. to come back from this. Mm -hmm. So they do that. And then he tells her that they need to talk when he gets back. And she says, I'll be waiting for you. But she packs her bags in that time. So he comes to the door and she tells him the narrative, right? And then he's like, would you have told me about this when we were alone? And she was like, yeah, that was my plan. And she says, but you don't have to worry about that anymore because I'm leaving. Going back to Chicago, I'm going to go, like, you know, get back to my life and nobody can stop me. And yeah. And then he starts throwing out some bullshit, too, though, because he's like, what do you have to prove that you don't care enough about what's growing between us to tell me the truth about yourself? That You don't trust me, that you don't need me. And it's like. Buddy, this isn't about you. She just told you a really vulnerable thing. Yeah. Like, not only that, she just got outed with a vulnerable thing. Yep. And now you're making it about you, dude. Yep. This is super not about you, Jake. (laughs) Yeah. So he he tries to lay on the guilt. It doesn't work. And she goes to stop by Tom's house to be like, will you winterize my grandmother's house because I have to leave early? And Stella's Mm -hmm. there in a robe. And she's like, yeah, I decided that he is a good businessman and he's not my husband. Then we can go on really fun vacations together. And so, yeah, I'm going to marry him. And she's like, yay. It was so, I was adorable. I loved that. It was so cute. And And then then she she leaves. Drive five hours back to Chicago in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So Um, he's Mopey McMoperson. Of course he is. And as as a big surprise, since everyone's home for the Thanksgiving holiday after all, what they end up doing is their family, like, they're sneaking off to go get, like, his brother and their family yeah. from the airport as a secret to the parents. And I have a because question for Jenny's you. Because Jenny's also been devastated because she didn't say goodbye to her. Jenny basically feels like she blew up her brother's second chance 
you know, and like blew up their friendship by having two wine coolers yeah, <laughs> and having shit pop off. Yeah. Anyway, you have a question for me? Well, I do have a question for you. Mm. While driving, have mm-hmm. you ever thought to yourself, you want to know what soundtrack I really need to listen to on this long, long drive? <laughs> and why is the answer never Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> Jenny yeah, puts earlier, on this- I, I was like, of all of all of the soundtracks that you keep in mm-hmm. your car for driving, why Titanic? Far across the distance and spaces. Like, especially when your brother's grieving. Us. Grieving not only his dead <laughs> wife, but now the loss of his second chance. Like, <laughs> really? Titanic? That feels a little uh, toned down. My heart frankly. will go on and on. <laughs> near, near far, wherever. as Celine Dion more often. We should start a band. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Jenny has this whole plan to fix everything. Also, definitely a pre-9-11 book. Oh, my God. they can just immediately walk up and be like, hey, I need flights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the no, t- can you do that no. anymore? Mm-hmm. I didn't think so. Well, you can't do it where she was described to do it. Which was at the gate. Which is at the gate. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so long story short, Jenny does convince Jake to get on because it's a sign. It's a miracle. There's two mm. open seats. And so he does, in fact, go and... He flies to Chicago. On a hope and a prayer. And she's like, go get her and bring her home for Thanksgiving. Don't come back without Allison. Yeah. So he goes to her apartment building because Jenny's like, I wrote down her phone number and I wrote down her address for you. This was like, so he, he gets to her apartment, her big bougie well, apartment building. Wait, Sabrina, this is what I thought about. This is where I thought you were going earlier. Right after we talked about him being like, it must be the pain pills. Because like, it must not be. It seems like you get aggressive just, you uh-huh. know, in life. Because it's stated that he is actively not on pain pills yes. right now. It is stated in text. I think that he's just a little bit of an erratic man, you know? Maybe a little bit, you know? He doesn't like anybody getting between him and his woman. His, his woman. living, breathing woman. Woman. Who he's felt Lord. passion for for the first time since Beth died. Anyway, so yeah, he t- tells Frankly, everything. I don't think that there's any love here. I think this is all horny. I think this you is think? all, yeah. Like I didn't I think see a lot of horny mistaken. either. You know what I mean? You know what? Give them Fair. Give them something, okay? Fair. <laughs> Let's be so, generous. 
<laughs> he does show up at her fancy apartment building and he's like just some fucking hick from out of town and these fucking security guards are not having any of it he's like fighting them to get to the elevator and because she's not answering the phone sir you're not on her list she's not home he's worried that she's drunkenly passed out and died in her apartment because nobody's answering the phone and it's like well maybe she's like he's worried like her cats are eating her face And meanwhile, he knows she works a job where a lot of times she's at the office for 14 to 16 hours a day. Does he know that? I mean, maybe not. Have they ever talked? Fair. About anything but his children and his dead wife? Maybe not. Yeah, maybe. So anyway, he's trying to fight a security guard and she gets home from the office and the taxi man is like, I want to say this is the cutest little taxi man, okay? This taxi man. Because this little taxi man. I want to adopt him. He says, maybe you ought to wait outside while I check and see what's going on. The cab driver was elderly with a bulbous red nose and sparse white hair. Santa Claus without the beard. He looked as if he'd put in a long day, yet he was offering his help and Allison appreciated the gesture. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I feel more romance between you and the taxi man. (laughs) Than the man mm-hmm. fighting to get to your apartment right now. Yeah. But yeah, so she does go in and recognize and they're like, him. And they're like, we've got a madman in here looking for a lady called Allison Martin. And she's like, I'm Allison Martin. I do have one quote from Jake that really brought me joy. So he already Ooh. won my heart a little bit with move your butt. Mm-hmm. And then he won it a second time. To be fair, he's done so many things that have given him negative points. Yeah, but it's like, just a bunch he's of crawling. Whimsy, whimsy, cra- whimsy. <laughs> yeah, whimsy, whimsy, whimsy. Um, and he does, in fact, say to her, these yahoos wouldn't let me upstairs to check to see if you were all right. Uh, these yahoos. These yahoos were just doing their jobs, sir. Yeah, they're really good at their job, too. Yeah. Like, like they I mean, they were, they did he was gonna pull a shoot weapon him. on him. They were going to yeah. shoot him. Which I felt was maybe a bit much. <laughs> Where's your taser, but, bro? Yeah, right? Non-lethal measures, please, Mr. Security well, Guard. Wait, when did when did tasers become a thing? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> tasers were invented in 1974. This man definitely yeah, had a were, taser. I mean, I just didn't know if they were used in this capacity. You know what I mean? Because a lot of stuff was like military mm, first and then that's true. That's made true. it to our well, militarized police force. It says that it was introduced into law enforcement oh. in ni- 1974. Okay, yes. We need we need a lot of non-lethal measure up in here, sir, with your taserness. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, they go upstairs, tell each other that they, they love each other. They say they talk they it say out. Stuff, love words to each other. They bone it down. Unsurprisingly, none of it's on page. I was not surprised, but I was big mad about it. I don't so. know that I was mad. Okay, fair. Also fair. I don't know that I wanted to read that sex scene. Wow, Sabrina didn't need to see a sex scene. That's how much she didn't like these characters. <laughs> like. I did like, okay, so like, this is where the 15 chapters were missing, you know, like the 15 chapters. And because like, I think that if I did like these characters and this book, that I would have been really sad about it. Because like, there's some like really cute stuff at this point, right? Mm -hmm. 
Like, okay, so there are actually a couple of things that I actually did kind of like. So, like, at one point he says to her, is that what you think of me, Allison, that I'm such a poor excuse for a man that I could only love you if you were without flaws? Yeah. And she says, God, this hurt. This hit me in all the soft spots. She says, there are times I can't even love myself. And I was like, oh, God, Allison. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm afraid I'll come to rely on you too much, come to rely on all of you too much. It was already happening before I left. Whenever I felt as though I needed a drink, there was Stella or your children to distract me or you. And like, that's a and I'm very like, valid concern. Yeah. And she's like, it's too risky. One day I might give in. And he's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he says to her, life is risky, Allie. Love is even riskier. Oh, yeah. I know. I learned the hard way, but if I'm willing to take the risk a second time, can't you? And she's she's like, you never said you loved me before. And he's like, I was a fool not to, but I'm saying it now. I'll shout it from the rooftops if you want me to. And I'll say it every day for the rest of my life. And I was like, that was cute. Okay. Well, and like, I think what I wanted in that moment was for him to say, it's more probable that you will than you won't. And I am eyes wide open going into this. Like, he says, essentially, like, you're strong enough never to. Yeah. I and believe I'm like, in you. And I'm like, no. that's the most toxic fucking thing yeah. that you could possibly say to her, dude. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to do everything I can to support you. You're not going to fucking abandon her. Yes. She does fall off the wagon once yes. in a while. Like, yes. And, like, he kind of, he got, like, four steps away from it by saying, I would love, you know, I could love you without flaws or whatever, you know. But, I don't know, I needed him to be like, if you do, we'll handle it together. And that never happened, but whatever. It's fine. So then the epilogue is... So then they do bang it out. But then he does say, this this did make me smile. They show, they wake up at, like, 6 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. Or, I'm sorry, 5 a.m. there because we do have to drive across a time zone. Oh, yeah. And he's like, if my cat, because she gets up and she, he's like, if we leave now, we can get there before noon on Thanksgiving Day. And he, and she starts to get out of bed and he's like, hold up there and like drags <laughs> her back. And he's like, if my calculations are correct, and I think they are, <laughs> we can make love and still be home in time to call dibs on the wishbone. Ooh. And all I could think was, she's going to get fucked by the leftovers. She's going to get feasted. All right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That means nothing to y'all yet, listener, but wait until Friday. Wait okay? wait until later this week on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, whenever you put up the episode. <laughs> but it's just probably going to be like tomorrow. <laughs> Which... <laughs> I have no chill. That's, that's uh, fair. <laughs> but yeah, and then it's the epilogue, and I've never felt more seen than by Michael Jacob when they told him, mm-hmm. don't eat that cookie, it'll ruin mm-hmm. your appetite. And he said, no, it won't. It'll save my life. I'm starved. And I was like, save my life. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she's pregnant. He's happy. They're cute. It's Thanksgiving again. It's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Goodbye, the end. Although, at one point, Darlene, the mama, at one point, though, there's another pregnant lady who's like about to pop. Yeah. And maybe it is her. I don't know. But at one point, Darlene is like, no babies are going to make an appearance until after we eat. Do you hear? Mm -hmm. And all I could think was, if I like, I saw it. I could totally see one of them going into labor at, on like the last line of the book, but nah. it didn't happen that way. No, no. But yeah. So this book was not as ridiculous as I wanted it to be, but mm-hmm. it was. You know, it's. I feel like it's still delivered on a lot of levels, 
mm-hmm. far as our inspirational books that we don't like for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. standards mm-hmm. are concerned. <laughs> Welcome, listener. You Welcome. just had Sabrina's first hate read as co-host. And that's not even true. I didn't hate this book. There's just a lot of things in the book that I did hate. No, totally. Totally. There were, but there, like I said earlier, like there were parts of this book that I really liked. Mm-hmm. So like, it's this like, there was no in between. Either I really liked it or I really didn't like it. There's yeah. not a whole lot of like middle ground there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Sabrina, what is your <sighs> lady love on this Thanksgiving episode? Okay. This is actually a little sappy, so you should go first. Okay. I have two. Damn, we're breaking the rules two weeks in a row. I know. I know. One is I'm. I'm so thankful for you. Shut up! That's my lady love! Oh, no! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Are you serious right now? Yes. I am. I am How the fuck? dead. I swear to the, God, you yes, and I have the same brain. For, like, were you and I, like, did. What the fuck, Melody? That's why I was like, you go first because we're going to get emotional. And now you just whip it out. Like, it's nobody's business. Just fucking lay that dick all over the table. What? God damn it, Melody. Do you want to have a grateful dick measuring contest, Sabrina? Apparently so. What the fuck? Okay, well, let's just love on each other for a mutual lady love for a second then. So, okay. Yes. T- well, it's if fine. you want to all about if you want to do the other one first, it's it's related. But okay, I'm also I'm also really really thankful for listener, and I know that's sappy in its own way, but like you know, I was really nervous. I was really excited, like it was something we did together, and that was really wonderful. But I was still really nervous about like the rebrand and like the new logo and the new music and stuff, because I know that a lot of people have an emotional attachment to the identity of the podcast as it was sort of before, you know, Mm -hmm. and the music is definitely a big part of that. But just like the love that everyone has shown for Mm -hmm. The changes has been really, really helpful and inspiring and motivating. And it's like breathed new life into the work we do, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so, I'm so thankful for listener, for being open-minded enough to, you know, open, open mind, wary heart. Open heart, wary mind. Which one is it? <laughs> open, open heart, wary mind. There we go. <laughs> you did say it wrong earlier, but I wasn't going to call you out on it. Oh, thank you so much. That's really generous of you. That's very charitable. Okay, I'm actually, before we move on to our other mutual lady love, I'm just going to hop on because you just reminded me of something that I've been meaning to say. Yeah. And it's also like, thank you for making me feel really welcome, listener. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous because like... It is a big change having like a brand new co-host come on. Like, yeah, a a lot changed about pod like all at once. And like everyone's just been really kind and like excited and thoughtful. And like they've like reached out and been like, I really like you as co-host. And I'm like, that makes me really. And like they like the way you and I vibe together. And like I just. I haven't even I haven't been able to like even respond to all the emails we've gotten. But 
Thank you so much to everybody who's reached out to welcome Sabrina. That was a really wonderful email. Oh, that email made me so warm and fuzzy on the inside. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Because Thank you, listener. We love doing this, but it is, you know, there's a certain amount of anxiety, I feel like, that Mm -hmm. comes with it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, listener just went above and beyond as per usual, honestly. Yeah. At this point, I don't know why I have the same anxiety I do all the time (laughs) because listener Mm -hmm. is so nice. (laughs) But, yeah, Sabrina, I'm, I don't even know if I can express how thankful I am for you because, the the teammate energy you bring to this and your like absolute voracious enthusiasm is something that not only brings me joy but also really like really really motivates me you know and like i always said that it like editing the podcast wasn't a big a big job because it was basically me reliving a conversation that I had a really good time with, you know, like mm-hmm. I fucking loved talking with Aaron about books. And then when I mm-hmm. edited, I got to I got to relive, relive that conversation it. and giggle along with us again. And when we had guests on or like after, you know, she left and we had like the the rotating people, editing was always a little bit more fraught because it, you know, it was just like, okay, I've got it. This is, this is something I have to do. This is a job. But editing's back to being like an absolute joy. And I don't know. I'm I just really love glad. your brain and I love your heart. <laughs> I love yours too. Oh my God. And I love the so, way that we communicate together. I was you know? just going to say, so like when I was thinking about it, like in general, like the, just the last little while about because I feel like we finally kind of started to hit groove, right? Like, yeah, you and I have been consistently recording now and working together for a couple of months because obviously yeah. we were working together before anybody else knew. Like, right. And I don't know. I just really appreciate the communication that we have. Right. Yeah. Because like I don't feel bad coming to you and just being like, hey, not today. Right. Absolutely. But also, like, at the same time, other people that I would have to say, hey, not today, too, I haven't had to do that to you, right? Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. like, even on a really bad day, a great example is last week when we had to record, you and I were both, like, unhinged little feral monsters. <laughs> um, like, yeah. a lot of other things I would have begged out on, but, like, it yeah. just brings me a lot of joy. And, like, the fact that, like, you and I barely didn't really talk a whole lot and we didn't record for like four and a, four and a half days it's literally been less than a week and yeah like, i was missing you yeah 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 and like no but i, I mean just... and, and you're right like it's back to it's back to me looking forward to recording like mm-hmm. that day <laughs> listener i cut this out of the episode because i didn't need to to like do this to you but there was a day where in the middle of the recording i just blurted out and i found out my uncle died today yeah <laughs> Sabrina was like oh my god we could have canceled and i had this realization like it didn't even cross my mind to cancel because i knew that it was something that would make me feel better 
it wasn't like yeah. an obligation or a burden that I mm-hmm. would have to like trudge through. I knew it was something that would be healing and uplifting instead of, you know, adding on to the bullshit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just appreciate what a thoughtful communicator you are. And I don't know, I I just re- I just love you so much. <laughs> I just love you too so much. Lady like- love. Yeah, I'm okay. So I'm like, I know I've been talking on enough a little bit with you, but like that was gonna be my lady love. You stole my thunder, you bitch. <laughs> no, but like it's one of those things where like, like I said, I feel like we've gone through a couple of like almost like we've already gone through a couple of different like cycles where like mm. we had more or less stress in our own personal lives, yeah. and then like with like pod obligation stuff, and yeah. like so we've already gone through like really busy times, really. Not slow. We've never been slow, especially yeah. now we're putting out as much content as we do. Mm-hmm. But you're just really supportive, Thank which like you. means a lot because like you were kind of talking about it a little bit a couple of minutes ago about how like it can be like all of the big changes and stuff like that. And like I'm not gonna lie, and I know I've talked to you about this, but like we'll give listener a little bit of an insight. Yeah. Like it was a big thing to decide what like because like heaving bosoms is not a brand new podcast coming on as whole coast i am taking a six-year-old podcast on my shoulder you know what i mean like yeah it was nerve-wracking like yeah and like you and i had lots of conversations about that and like the whole time through you were just so one you were honest about the good and the bad (laughs) which was really important you did not Mm. sugarcoat anything right right which is good because, yeah. like, it, that wouldn't have been good for either of us if I no, we if you had I, sugarcoated it. No, we both needed to I, come in eyes wide open. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you've been really supportive through all of you've it. You've been really and supportive. Like, you and I have compatible dreams for the future about we pot. We do. Like, I don't know. It feels it really just good. It makes me really excited for the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And There's a right synergy now. that's nice. Yeah. So, look at me. Is that a corporate Look word? at you. Your big corporate job. Oh, my God. Do I feel like Allison I'm a, a business bunny now. Oh, God. <laughs> no. And I don't know if this is like your superpower or something, but I'm also reading way the fuck more than really? I ever have <laughs> before. Terrible influence. With pod. So... <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it, like, oozes out of your pores. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Do. <laughs> I'm doing a lot more extracurricular reading. Hell, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's why you and I are like, shit, I think we need to start doing reading roundup episodes yeah. once a month on Patreon. Because, like, between the two of us, there's at least 10 books minimum yeah. that we could go in on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I well, know. I... All right, so, listener, okay, Shoot. so, like, between the two of us, you're our lady love, and yeah. then you are mine and I am yours. That's yeah. super cute. I can't oh. believe, like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're so gross. <laughs> I just, aw, I just, I'm I just excited to, I'm just excited to grow with you. Yeah, same. Woo! <laughs> Fuck, I'm okay. Cry. Okay. Keep being a badass and love yourself. Love yourself as much as you love channeling Celine Dion in a sing along. Yes. Yeah. Love yourself that fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, boy, Hattie, that's a level of love that is uh, a. <clears throat> 
That's a, that's a high level of love. This pod will go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dropping that diamond. No, don't. I oh, hey, wait, not. hang on. I demand space on that door, Melody. Oh my god. Yeah. We yeah. will both be on that door. Oh yeah, we'll make for sure. it happen. No. Uh, I'll never let go, Jack, is something that I will actually mean when I say it out loud, okay? Okay. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Thank you, bye. although like whew, bye. <laughs> Heaving Bosoms is produced by us, Melody Carlisle and Sabrina Bradley. Editing is done by Melody Carlisle. Our theme music is by the incredible singer-songwriter Brittany Fonts, and our art is by ultra-talented author Kate Pryor. If you like our show, remember to follow us on your favorite podcast app, rate us five stars, leave a nice review, and of course, tell all your friends about us, even if they don't read romance. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. If you want more of us, visit patreon.com slash heavingbosomspodcast. You can also find us on Instagram at heavingbosoms, on TikTok at heaving underscore bosoms, and in our Facebook group, the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult. Head over to our website to sign up for our newsletter, get our Reading Embrace printable, and check out my audiobooks at heavingbosoms.com. All right, we'll be back next week with more Swoons and Snark. See you then. Uh